what's up? It's Ben Scarborough, and I'm uh, chilling here at Third Eye Collective in the secret room with one very special guest. Whipped Cream is in the studio today. Hello, how are you? I am doing wonderful. How are you? I'm great, thank you. On this, so cold here. Yes, on this extremely <laughs> cold day in Atlanta. Um, not like this in Los Angeles, is it? No. I'm actually from, um, originally from Toronto, but uh-huh. I've been living in Vancouver, I mean in LA now for like seven months and I'm very much... How do you like it in Los Angeles? Um, I prefer not to live there, but for work, it is the place to be right now. Essential evil, huh? That's right, yeah. So uh, you're in the studio a lot I am. these days. Yes. I've, been, uh, I've been gathering that. Yes, you've gathered correctly. Do you like the studio? I love the studio. Tell I would live in the studio. Tell us how much you like the studio. Um, I mean, I don't think there's anything better in life than making music. So being at a studio, like whether it's like in my bedroom or like a big ass studio. The studio. Mm-hmm. It's like a state of mind. right? That's right. That's right. So I'm a video editor by trade. Okay. And usually to edit 4K video, you need like the most powerful computer that you can possibly sit in front of. Right. I totally would understand that for sure. Usually when I ha- take my MacBook on the go or I have to edit portably, I have to make some, some sacrifices. Like I can't uh, edit it with all the horsepower that I need. Do you, do you get that feeling when you're in the studio, sitting at a giant workstation and then like editing on the uh, on No, the because literally most of the time I'm just plugging into it an aux cord. I'm not even joking to oh, make really? beats. Yeah, I don't need all the fancy shit. Um, excuse my friends. Oh, no, it's internet. Okay, fire. <laughs> um, like I don't need that. Really, I'm just there to make beats, and obviously, you know, I will plug into, like, an external interface sometimes, like an Apollo or or whatever, but most of the time when I'm at the studio, I'm literally just plugging into an aux cord to make records. I'm not even joking. Do you have uh, a preference of DAW? Do you you like... Ableton. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Ableton looks beautiful. Mm -hmm. Like, screenshots Mm -hmm. of it look amazing, but when I look at it, I unfortunately don't know what the hell is going on. Have you produced a record before? I have not. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, when I started, like, seven years ago, I did not know how to produce either, and I tried FL Studio, which a lot of people who make beats use, Mm -hmm. and then I tried Ableton, and a lot of people just told me, stick with Ableton, stick with Ableton, you won't regret it. And I did, and like I'm, I'm really happy I did stick with Ableton because a lot of my peers use it, so it's dope. But um, I think there's a lot of things you can do. Like Ableton has a, a lot of plugins that are built in. Like, you know, yeah, obviously you want to use external plugins to make different kind of sounds and make your your songs fatter, whatever, and melodies, whatever. But honestly, you can make sick records. Majority of my records are with Ableton's like plugins. No joke. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you get the uh, feeling that now that this uh, tool in your tool belt, Ableton, mm-hmm. is, is, is under control, that you could produce like any genre of music with Ableton? Absolutely. Yeah, from rock what to rap. What a powerful rap. feeling. It's, it's literally like by no means do I think I am like one of the top tier producers. I produce by feeling and heart and okay. by the love of it and learning pretty much like a kid. Like, what does this thing do? What does that thing do? I'm not even joking. That's mm-hmm. how I learned. Beating on pots and pans, if you will. Facts. Like, literally, like, everything to me is, like, playing in a playground every day when I'm producing. And I will forever be learning. Every day I learn, like, things that blow my mind. Like, for real. It's crazy. If I get to sit in with, like, someone super technical in a session, I will pick up so much knowledge and apply. So it's it's quite interesting because I never went to school or anything for this. I literally just fucked around. 
<laughs> some of my best software experiences have been just that. Yeah. Trying to break something yeah. and then figuring out that I have all this extra power mm. with the software. Totally. So it's really cool to have you in the studio here again. I think when we sat down last time, uh, you were talking about uh, your like hit list of all these places you wanted to go. Yeah. <laughs> and when I saw you tweet out the, uh, the, the tour list for 2019, I, I was just like, Oh, there she goes. <laughs> Thank you. Like Coachella twice. <laughs> do people get to do that? Is that like a normal thing? Well, in 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 my defense, I I I I did play Coachella, but I didn't really. It was like a tent called the Heineken tent. But oh no, you played Coachella. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we did have the biggest crowd both weekends. Oh, at that's that, great. At that stage, the, the lineup went around. You know, the tent, which was very exciting to make some kind of statement just like at this tent you know people go there to have a drink <laughs> did you see uh anything different about these music festivals that are older like Lollapalooza kind of being mm -hmm. an older versus like a newer music festival like the, in the way that they were run did they do cooler things newer things uh, I, I absolutely adored Lollapalooza mm -hmm. I had such a good time there um yeah I mean newer festivals are new right just like anything like when you're trying something new or you know when a business launches the first year there's, there's some things that not even that it's new and exciting but there's some things that aren't down pat yet you know where these festivals that have been running you know five plus years at least have a little bit more organization you can see the strings maybe on these newer festivals a little bit the gears turning the, underneath it yeah totally but shout out to anyone that's starting a festival or year one or year two i know that you you probably don't make money for like i don't know maybe three years on a new festival i believe until, it you know so like shout out for to you for seeing a longer term vision and there's some new festivals i know already are legendary you mm -hmm. know like like lost lands like lost lands mm -hmm. Uh, this is giving you an opportunity, I guess, to meet uh, people in the same field, maybe? Like while you're at backstage, you're rubbing shoulders oh, yeah. with some musicians, maybe networking. Yeah, it's funny. Like, I have never been one to, like, be like, I'm going to go to this club and I'm going to go and talk to this person, you know? And, like, <laughs> we're going to talk business. Like, it's so, like, organ uh, inorganic and, like, cheesy to me. And, like, I think it's important for new artists to go out and meet people, like, for sure, like, I'm not saying don't do that or don't think you're like above it. I'm just I feel awkward, like being feeling forced, mm -hmm. you know, like like you, the organic feeling better. Absolutely. I almost every relationship, even like a lot of people that I get in the studio with, I've met them prior, you know, just randomly, you know. Mm -hmm. So. So tell us all about the Little Xan record coming out tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, well, I'm super excited about it. I'm not going to lie. Okay. Um, <laughs> you're like, okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. She's excited, guys. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm really excited because, like, um, as many, uh, I mean, if, if people know anything about, like, my music and my story, a lot of it has been, like, electronic-based. I have not really done a crossover record quite yet. I mean, I kind of dabbed with Death by Romy. Um, you know, with putting a singer on a record, but still this, the record wasn't for radio. It's more cinematic and okay. dark and industrial. So, like, I'm bringing my dark, industrial, weird, experimental, underground electronic sound to hip-hop now. So I made this record, and, like, I remember sitting in the studio with him and playing a whole bunch of records, and in the back of my mind, I was like, this is this record. Like, you know, the juxtaposition of, like, how hard this record grows and, like, 
just the way he raps, I think it would be so sick. Mm -hmm. And, like, I was really hoping. And it was, like, the first record I played. And then we went through 19. And then he's like, what was that? Like, he loved every record. But, like, he was, like, that first record. And then it just, like, it, like, it was just, like, butter. Like, he just killed it. He was also, like, shout out Lil Xan. Like, Haiki, one of the nicest people. He showed up to the studio half an hour before I did. Thanked me profusely. Thinking, like, his first show was EDM. He's so about EDM. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So, the... The kid is super talented too, sweetheart, Angel. I'm so excited to put this out. Who did the artwork? The artwork looks hey, great. That's like I 3D models of your faces, she, right? She's amazing. Um, so I've been following her for a few years now. Um, I'm just gonna get her exact name so that we can do a, you know, like a little bit of a quick shout out so that people know um, who she is and what she's about. Um, on Instagram, it's Paste Lay. So that's P-A-S-T-E. L-A-E, and um, she's just like an amazing, unique kind of left-minded left artist. Like, I, I guess every artist, in a way, has their own thing, but mm -hmm. she's just like next level where she's bringing like lights and darks together and like not so necessarily beautiful images, but they're like beautiful in their like ugly ways. Um, and I mean that in like all respect. It's just so interesting to me. Um, so yeah, I've been following her and then like, we were thinking about doing a music video for this and it wow. might still happen but at this time i wanted to just do it this way and we do have a little bit of a music video coming out with her uh, really she yeah it's super sick so i think we all just heard that at the same time right like <laughs> like that's that's hype yeah it should be interesting i mean yeah she like she's so talented that i just thought that this was the way to go for this record isn't it so cool that you can see, like with certain songs that you're really passionate about, that you really like, you can just like see the music video for it right there. You can just visualize it. You're like, oh, the only visual with this song is like Honestly, this. every single song I do, literally when it's done or in, even in the process, as soon as that vocal gets on, like I'm sitting on a lot of tracks with vocalists right now and like I almost know what every music video would be. It's, it's like to a like to the what we're wearing yeah it's crazy. you're like i'm a director yes. yeah oh music and visualization it goes hand in hand and i think you can take your listener to even another level and it's interesting because you never know what your listener is thinking about when they listen to your song mm -hmm. so like that's cool let them do that and then when they see the video they get even more in detail of what you were as an artist thinking you know mm -hmm. so something that i discovered recently when uh Old Town Road was on the charts is that you can have a record chart and then if you upload a remix those uh, streams can count towards the previous record so it's always a good idea to have like a, a remix because it all counts to the same thing have you ever thought about exploring this has this happened to you yet um no it has not because I haven't really released anything with vocals on it um I mean, people have remixed my records, some really fire electronic remixes. But yeah, I think down the road here, when we have a hot record, mm -hmm. that's something I absolutely would explore. Absolutely. Uh, it, I've also heard that uh, we're in this like single-driven music economy right now. So true. Where so true. your relevance is like, how, how, how many singles can you drop? What do you feel about the, like, the collection, the album format? Uh, I think I honestly think albums are still so tight and EPs are so sick mm -hmm. and I wish there were more of them but you're right the way that 
I don't know, like maybe the attention span of your normal. That's what I keep right hearing. Now. It's like y'all, your attention span. Like we're over here trying to cook up a whole album for you guys, but you <laughs> you don't want the album. What, what's up with that? <laughs> and you know what? As throughout the years, people change and things change with the phones that we have now. That wasn't back in the day, you know, just everything at your fingertips now, now, now. I can have whatever I want right now just at a phone call. Food will be, you know, Uber Eats, Uber, whatever. Like everything is now, now, now. So like those people that are taking the time to make albums and like I just like I, I respect it so, so much. But as the a craft. new. Yeah, 100%. But as a new artist right now, like, yeah, I have a project in the works, 100%. Oh, but nice yes <laughs> but the singles are so important yeah to light the fire you know it's like an opportunity to kind of get everyone together right yeah. like you make the uh the music like let's see who we can get together to to make the artwork happen mm -hmm. um yeah and albums like an album or an ep kind of shows like a vision more of a vision of what this artist is you know it's mm -hmm. a story it's a movie in my opinion i, I agree yeah uh, like throwback to the old Pink Floyd albums where you just kind of close your eyes and listen to it and there's a whole movie that plays out in your head. Exactly. Such a cool concept. That's exactly. Or James Blake, you know, or Frank Ocean. Those are great examples, you know, of a true artist that can take you on a ride, you know. So what's it like? Uh, and I, I have to ask this question because uh, I, I get the feeling that a lot of people out there, aspiring musicians and artists kind of may, they, they think about this all the time, but do you think... Um, the the verification process on the internet the um like the, the the fact that everybody's like trying to become verified on the internet do you think it kind of puts you in a different echelon of musician when you're verified like yeah. with the blue check mark yeah or, or like or you could just be a person you could be an influencer you could be a content creator yeah. do you, what do you think no. it is about the verification mm -hmm. that it does just... egos or anything like that i mean i don't know like when i got verified it was cool like I was like, yeah, for like one day. I was like, yeah, yeah. What's up? but then it's like, hey, like other cons or like, have you noticed that any kind of unwanted attention or like, uh, I mean, you're in the light, you're kind of in the limelight when you're an artist. I mean, most people, if they're, you know, wanting to spread their music to as many people as possible, like myself, you're asking for it, you know, anyway, so yeah. Um, I don't know if having a verification like really does anything for you. Like I know a ton of artists that, that like inspire me that I don't even think are verified. So I don't think it really means anything, but, um, I'm sure maybe a promoter or something or a booker, uh, right. a they new artist, it's like, Oh, they have 5,000 followers and they're verified. They must like check the, you know, mm -hmm. but I don't know. I don't put too much attention to it. It's such a weird thing that I've seen uh, some firsthand accounts on Reddit of people getting verified and then right. they just like crack under pressure. They like, cr <laughs> everything is an official statement from them after that point. Oh my gosh, that's and so funny. And some people lose the verification because they post things, oh, yeah. inappropriate things. Oh, and yeah. it, it just feels like you're treading on, you know, potentially thin ice when that happens because yeah. you are in the limelight. Yeah, for sure. If you say some dumb shit, some shit that shouldn't be said, like, I mean, really, you know, wrong shit. You could lose your whole career, you know? Uh -huh. um, so good. Let them take the badge away so that you wake <laughs> up maybe and be a better person. Yeah, that's that's the that's the point counterpoint. For is. sure. For sure. I know a couple people that have lost their badge on Twitter. Yeah. Just yeah. just uh, and something sometimes it's not fair, but there I guess, you know, there's policies in place to protect that, right? Exactly. Canada. Never been. Always wanted to go. Toronto, Vancouver. Mm-hmm. 
they're up there. Yeah. What was it like growing up there? And when did you make your so way to So are you States? born and raised in Atlanta? No. Where are you from originally? Right near the beach, Virginia Beach. Ooh, I love that place. Super beautiful. And Atlanta's so beautiful, too. Mm -hmm. Two great places. <laughs> on the East Coast. That's right, on the East Coast. So, yeah, I, I was born in Toronto, um, and I lived there till I was, like, 11, I think. Okay. Um, I loved being there. I loved the city. Um, I loved my friends. I loved the culture, the music, the food, the energy, the hustling energy. Then we moved at 11 to Vancouver Island, a town of 80,000 people called Nanaimo. Shout out Nanaimo. Love that place. Super beautiful nature, city, smaller city, 80,000 people again. Very chill place. So that's kind of what I became, this like hustling yet chill as fuck human being from these two places that raised me. You okay. know? And I didn't really start coming out to LA until the last three years, maybe last four years. It came to a point where I was coming here like three times a month. This is why I moved to Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. It just, the amount of work I've done in LA in the last six months, it just, there's no reason why I would be anywhere else right now, you know. But to answer your question, what's it like? It was great. I love Canada. I hope to have a home back maybe on the West Coast. Okay. I like Vancouver a lot. Where does the... Uh it's my understanding that you have a history with figure skating, right? Yes. When okay. when did that start? Uh, I think I was like, my dad put me on ice when I was like five or six. Um, Whoa. And then, yeah, I was super young. Um, my big thing was, yeah, my big thing was just <laughs> expressing myself through the music on the ice. So like at that age, I would just like, you know, it'd be like a public rink and I'd be in the middle, like just like dancing to like Khalees and shit. And mm -hmm. I loved it. And then I didn't get into lessons until eight or nine. And then, yeah, just kind of, I was fucking obsessed with skating. How serious did you take it? Uh, it was, where every, did it, where it did was it take you? to the point where like, it, I did not live a normal life so much like how I am right now with music. Like I was utterly passionately obsessed, not a normal life that I lived. I hardly went to high school. I just went to the rink. My dad was, my parents were super supportive. Okay. Like, like, like 5 a.m. I'd wake up. Okay. Well, I'm in like 15, 16, 17, 18. Like when all these kids are like, you know, having fun and going out and shit. Like I just went to the rink at like 5 a.m. before school. And then like, I'd go to school late at like 10 a.m. And then I'd stay till like 1 p.m. And then I'd like go back to the rink from like three to six. And then I'd go to the gym okay. every day. Every day. I, I saw that your dad was uh, clapping back at some haters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on IG. Yeah, my dad's so <laughs> sick. I don't even remember what happened. That was a couple years ago. Uh, do you remember what happened with that? He was definitely, my dad has an Instagram account, and, like, some <laughs> someone was like, I can't believe you dance so much when you're uh, DJing, like you should learn how to actually DJ. Uh -huh. And it's just something along those lines. Sorry if it's, if it's not right, exactly what I said. And then my dad responded, like, I've known her since she was like born <laughs> and I know how hard she's worked. I've seen her from her fucking bedroom practice CGJs for fucking six to 10 hours uh, a day uh, yeah. when she was learning. I know that that girl can mix with her eyes closed kind of thing. She just feeling music. I can't stop when I'm on there. I, love DJing. Uh -huh. Why can't I express myself fully? If I can fucking move around while I DJ, then why the fuck not? Why do I have to stand there? <laughs> I don't you know? You're rocking a crowd at that That's, point. They're rocking me. That energy, though? Uh-huh. Yeah. So the uh, the iconic post-set photo, right? Yes. 
Those are fun, I bet. So fun. Super fun. Has it, have you ever had a crowd that wasn't cooperative? Um, I mean... Maybe they were like, you're like, let's take a photo. And they were like, eh. No, like, I don't think I've off. ever had that. But if it ever <laughs> happens, it'd be kind of funny. You, you guys should probably try that sometime. I, no, they're always down. They're like, fuck yeah, let's take a photo. Did you see Drake get booed off the stage at the Flognaw Festival the other day? So I heard about Wild. it. Wild. Can you tell me more? Because Probably I... a career first for Drake. Uh, basically, you know, <laughs> the Tyler, the Creator, Odd Future fans are, you know, a different breed. Right. Or... One of them has a great idea and everybody follows suit, like yeah. the loudest Twitter fan in the group or whatever. So right. the, uh, at this music festival, I think it's called Flog Gnaw. Yeah. Everybody thought the secret guest at the end of the set was going to be Frank Ocean. Right. And so when Drake popped out, one guy, you know, was like tweeted like, boo this motherfucker off stage. Everybody right. starts booing Drake. And yeah. it, it's weird. It's kind of eerie to watch the footage because he's like, you know, being as polite as he can. But at some point he addresses the crowd and he's like, you guys want me to get off the stage it's all love but let me know now and everyone boos him off stage and he was like all right peace out and then he walks off stage <laughs> it's so crazy because wow. he's just like faced and um wow. tyler the creator issues a statement on it and what do you say he said hey it's a music festival i thought bringing the, one of the world's most popular musicians out would be cool but apparently it's not so yeah. fuck y'all you know what yeah. i'm saying and then Drake was like, okay, cool. Um, thanks, Flognall. It was real. I'll enjoy um, playing every year until you guys are 30. See, you know, or he was yeah. like, see you every year until you're 30 Good. or something you know, like that. Um, that is quite surprising to me um, and mm -hmm. upsetting to me to hear that, honestly. I grew up a huge Tyler the Creator fan, um, Sid the Kid, Earl Sweatshirt, oh, Paco, yeah. all of them. Like, as a kid, my room was covered in their posters and – you know, when I heard his music, like, even before he popped, I knew who he was. And I knew Tyler is a goat, okay, period. Like, he is an innovator. He did not give a fuck what people said. He needed his thing. It's Why? Because he loved music. Yep. He loved the fuck out of music. And he inspires a whole bunch of kids. Um, it breaks my – okay, and then on Drake's standpoint, incredible human being. Who gives a fuck who, who, who has writers, who doesn't? He's incredible. Yeah. Okay? It, I, uh, as an artist myself, to get to that level, could you imagine? I mean, he's got records that he, he broke the Beatles records. Yeah. Drake is, I would absolutely work with either artist, hands down, utter respect. As an artist hearing this, it breaks my heart because um, what I'm trying to do with electronic music is never have something in a box and always do something that's going to be like, what the fuck? Oh, yeah, that's dope. You know, mm -hmm. what Tyler did. No one was expecting. He didn't do it for clout. He didn't do it to sell tickets. No one could see Tyler bringing Drake out. That's iconic. Yeah. If you booed that, I, I, Dude, I'm i sorry. I think it was Saturday night, if I'm not mistaken. Just I just, I, it's just like, where's the respect? People are trying to change music and help people here. And I just, it upsets me. But I hope, that, I mean, I'm sure that'll happen to me one day. I, it actually has happened to me where I've opened for a heavy dubstep act, you know, and I'm a female DJ that plays multi-genre music, including rap and R&B. Mm -hmm. And I have had people front row literally giving me like blowjob gestures and shit. Oh, okay. It's fucking disrespectful. Yeah. You know? It's it's like people don't know how to act when they get out of their house. Yeah, and off exactly. The internet or something. Exactly. But as an artist, I'm sure Drake handled it like a boss. He has haters, and when you're that big, you're always gonna have haters. And I've had haters since the day I fucking 
started and I'll continue to have them and I wish them love and I wish them to open their minds more, you know, through my art because that's why I'm crossing over. I think it's so cool that I can do something new here with music, with my gifts and maybe open some minds to listening, you know? Sorry, that fucking heated me up. <laughs> he, he did handle it very respectively. Mm -hmm. I mean, he didn't snap to any, at anybody on yeah. stage. He just kind of like pulled the audience and the audience spoke. And, you know, he was kind of like, you could see if you watch the tweet, it's, he was like, uh, I need, I, I, I he's don't like, I guess I'll just leave. That, honestly. Yeah. Just take it from me. It was kind of tragic, but it definitely was probably a career first uh, on that level for Drake. And, and it, it made headlines. All Haters, over. man. Haters. And it's sickening. It's actually making me feel sick. <laughs> I just like shout out Tyler, the creator one time and shout out Drake. And that's it. All everyone who booed. I don't know. I can't well, wait till I play next year and they all fucking boo me because well, of what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> what would Tyler, the creator say? Eat a dick. He would say eat a dick. Like support. You know, Tyler puts so much energy into these festivals too. Mm-hmm. Oh, and the merchandise. This was not some joke. This was something he wanted to do for his fans. Yeah. He's thinking about the fans. Yeah. And look at the He's response. He's a good host. He's a great host. Please be my host. Tyler. Tyler. <laughs> Shout out. Please Felicia bring, the goat. bring whipped cream to the vlog now next year. Uh, so when you are not working, mm -hmm. like when you are mentally clocked out, and it's not time to produce anything, and it's time to just be, <laughs> uh, be yourself, what, what are some <laughs> ways that you decompress? What are some of the things you like to do? I know gaming in the studio is really popular mm -hmm. here. Uh, do you have any like go-tos, meditation, yoga, anything like oh, that? Oh, I mean, yeah, I like meditate here and there. And I used to do a lot of yoga. Um, but it's gotten to a point where I'm literally working every day that I haven't done yoga in maybe six months. I practice meditation when I'm in the shower. Like I'll close everything off and, mm -hmm. you know, really get to just like being here and knowing uh, feeling how lucky I am to just be able to breathe. It's really the little things, you know, uh, you know, having two parents still around and having, you know, people that really truly do care about me. And, you know, those are the things that we forget about, like even being able to breathe and see and hear yeah. that I try to remind myself to keep myself grateful, you know, you know, um, you're in the studio and hours are just falling off the clock. Right? Yeah. Oh, being in this industry, um, time goes by very fast, and I'm trying to tell myself it doesn't, you know, but, yeah, time goes by super fast when you're doing what you love, and it's going a million miles a fucking hour. It's crazy how fast. Can you see yourself being in music until they put you in the ground? Yeah, absolutely. I can't see myself doing anything else. Literally, if I went deaf, I would still find a way. Like, I'm not even joking. I would find some, some kind of way to do something it's like you're just passing off sheet music like here yeah i can't <laughs> the funny thing is i can't even write music like like i can't read it or write it you know i wonder how many people out here who call themselves musicians these days can actually write traditional sheet music probably a lot yeah probably a lot <laughs> i think uh i'm pretty sure like Jimi hendrix and the guy from the beatles um paul they, mccartney yeah paul mccartney similar situation i could be wrong on this Let's double check after it's, ju it's just it's just in them, you know. Yeah, it, it, it's different when it's in you. Yeah, like you ain't new to it. Yeah. You true to it. Yeah. Even when I was young, people would come up to me like I remember as a kid, like being 10 or 11 and just like feeling music. I never took a dance class in my life as a figure skater. It's more technical than, you know, feeling and shit, you know, which sucks. But um, 
people would come up to me and be like, there's some kind of like weird energy with you in music. Like you feel music. Like I was that kid that was always playing those records for kids and they'd be like, what is this? Where did you find this? What's this music video? Play, make the playlist at the like, What's life telling me right yeah, now? Yeah. Yeah. Like I just, I had no idea where, what was about to happen, you know? I got into music uh, when I was in high school. Okay. Pretty, uh, but it was a it was a, a, a consumer. I, I was inspired at the time by reviewers, mm-hmm. and I challenged myself over the course of my high school career to listen to everything in this coffee table book that we had at the crib called One Thousand and One Albums You Need to Hear Before You Die." And over the course of four years, I actually listened to maybe give or take a few that I couldn't find, but I mean, like a majority of popular music, uh, you know, learning about genres, learning about, you know, how an artist changed up their, you know, the sophomore slump, the second album. Oh my God, everyone's looking at the second album or whatever. Right. And this was at a time before streaming services were a thing, right? So we actually had to go find these albums on the internet. Like they were zipped up and on media fire and all this shit. And, um, there was a, a, a website called Pink's Pig Palace that was actually shut down. Uh, there were all these images of people like kicking in this guy's door and carrying servers out, but they had a, a share ratio and the idea that you could um, download music and it would count against your ratio unless you shared something or let people see. Wow, you that's had to a really a cool service. It's uh, very archaic now when you think about it because yeah. it's all, you know, Spotify kind of killed that. But totally. there was a time when uh, if there was a rare EP that I wanted, that only got like a vinyl or cassette tape release. Mm-hmm. I would have to, uh, you know, pull it down, but then share something. And on message boards, if I had a, a vinyl record that they wanted, I would have to rip the vinyl record side A, side B in the highest possible quality and release it myself, basically, on per specifications of the website for people to download it. And it was such a cool community that I, in a flash, maybe my senior year, I was a part of, and then it was gone. Mm-hmm. And wow. a lot of whack-a-mole services popped up in the meantime but mostly it's it's kind of gone and I, I miss it that was like one of the most exciting times in music where I actually felt like I was contributing uh rare and out of print vinyl to you know the masses or some shit like that that's really cool but uh I have some questions about maybe like your earliest uh or maybe like your favorite period in consuming music like did you did you have cassettes was it the iPod classic you know did you get involved with peer-to-peer uh like Napster or anything like that yeah Napster Lime wire mm-hmm. right those were the two for me i think there was a couple more shark something maybe not but i was like downloading music on napster i think that's my first earliest yeah. memories so. i can okay the first song i ever downloaded you yeah. ready for this i remember the light bulb going off in my head i remember running around You're my like, parents oh house my thinking like i had made fire i was like oh my god it was uh the baja man who let the dogs out oh my gosh that, fire record in your defense that okay. I, that was my eureka moment where when I heard that coming out of my little PC speakers, like double clicking on the MP3, I, I lost it. I That's was like, so oh funny. my God. That's so funny. That record's hard though. It still is kind of yeah. hard. You might hear it at a jungle jungle night, you know, like at oh, the yeah. club. <laughs> my local club in Nanaimo, we hear it. <laughs> um, you go out in Atlanta, most of the time you're going to hear trap, variations of trap, mm-hmm. subgenres of trap. <laughs> alt, my favorite. Alt trap dark trap <laughs> you know mm-hmm. i love the music in atlanta yeah it's 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 cool uh because you know if you get your record broken in the clubs here yes. then you're almost guaranteed radio play everywhere else or something That's like that so 
Yeah, I, um, I, some of it is strip club anthems. Some of it is just music that slaps in the club at a higher BPM. You know, the DJs throw in hip-hop at different BPMs right. and stuff like that. Right. That's That's got to be fun, right? When you're in front of a crowd and you're just, like, tossing records, like, bam, Yeah, bam, bam. and being silent about it, too. Like, especially <laughs> my own records. I don't – when I'm testing, like, a brand-new record, sometimes I won't say anything. Oh, yeah? I just watch them. You just drop your own record in the middle of a yeah. set? That's cool. <laughs> so – I'm into video editing, and I had to learn video editing myself. I didn't want to go to school for it. I read two articles when I was in high school, both by the same guy. One was called uh, Why You Need to Go to Film School, Why You Don't Need to Go to Film School. Right. The, the latter kind of resonated with me a little bit more because it was more like you could go to film school, and the final project that everybody ends up working on is one guy's short film in, instead of everybody's short film. Right. Or you can just be entrepreneurial about it. Uh, I feel the same, and, and I feel like I'll be probably editing video until until I die. It's just one of those right. things that's in Passion. you. And yeah, you just like, well, I can't imagine being alive and right. not working on some it's kind be- of. It's best feeling. It, it is. something, you know, that lights you like that. Yeah, and I know a lot of people out there are maybe still on the fence about what they want to do. A mm-hmm. lot of people are like, what, you know, is it worth giving up the day job to kind of like take a risk and pursue a career? Mm-hmm. And um, so I got to give it up to anybody out there who's, who's, you know, pursuing a career in whatever they believe in, you know, just stick with it. I know. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Like I'd say a, l- a lot of my friends have came to me and said, I don't know what my passion is. Like how, what do I do? Mm-hmm. You know, that's don't fret. Like that's all I can say. Life will give it to you when you're ready. So go read a book, go outside, go, go travel, go work, <laughs> do something you would never do. Life will give it to you when you're ready. And, and, and it, whether it's at eight years old, two years old, 47, there's no age to when it comes and you're just going to fucking know. So don't worry. That's the worrying is what's stopping you. You need to learn life. Life gives you what you need when at the right time. So if you don't know it, that's totally fine because there were, there was a time when I was done figure skating that had no fucking idea was about to do i lived my whole life skating and then one day i was like okay i'm done mm-hmm. everyone around me was like what the fuck mm-hmm. i had no idea what i was gonna do and, and and when i knew i fucking knew so all i can say is it's natural to worry you're only human you know you see people crushing it and like light up when they're talking about what they love but like that's the number one thing i tell people everything happens for a reason there'll be something that connects the dots for you mm-hmm. yeah don't rush it yeah, I've been seeing this go around Twitter, uh, and it's like the, the wait your turn thing. Everyone's like, wait your turn. Right. Like, a, a, and that's supposed to be the motivational thing, like, wait, wait your turn. Yeah. I don't, I don't believe in that. Uh, if I waited my turn when so many people told me to wait my turn to play this festival, do this, work with that person, oh, like, that's not true. You don't need to wait your turn. You make your turn. If you want something, you go get it. Like, period. Like, mm-hmm. period. You don't need to wait for shit. If someone said you're doing something too quick, fuck them. You do things when you want, you know. I mean, listen to people. Don't Okay, listen to what I'm saying in this interview. I have one message. Disclaimer. You listen to what I'm saying and then forget about it if you don't agree. Or, you know, that's what I tell people when I'm showing them, like, how I produced a record. Like, I don't necessarily do things correctly by the book. I just do them how I feel. Okay, just going over. Um, but, yeah, I don't even know what we were just talking about, but... Just some big old facts today here on the radio. So how long are you in Atlanta? 
Um, I'm here for a couple days. I think I leave on Sunday. I have a show either... With R.L. Grime, Yeah, right? I have a show with R.L. Grime um, this weekend. Big shit popping, little shit stopping. That's right. We are going hard in the paint at on the day of Saturday at 787 Windsor. ATL, get your tickets up. Get them. Get them. It's going to be a great show. I'm super excited oh, for Oh, yeah, it. we'll be there. Hell yeah. Fuck yeah. Are you going to be working on any music while you're here in the studio at all? Yeah, um, today and tomorrow. Uh, yeah. Sessions. Yeah. Sessions on sessions. Uh, so this wouldn't be an episode of The Secret Room if I did not ask you uh, favorite video game. I'll be leaving now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Favorite emoji. Oh, okay. Um, probably the world emoji. Okay. Yeah. The one with the uh, the the Western Hemisphere showing, or the one with the Eastern I Hemisphere think- showing. Any world emoji, even the one that's symbolic, like the All baby, globes. the baby blue one, yeah. Uh huh. Oh, the that international. The, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Like, like that one too. Yeah, I love the world emoji. It's probably my favorite one. Or the or the blue square WC emoji. Oh yeah. It doesn't mean water closet. It means whipped cream. Steve Jobs made it for us. Shout out Steve Jobs. I'm actually gonna spam that on this. Post. WC WC WC. Let, let us get a WC in the chat. Let if you fucking whipped. with whipped cream. They're all like. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, hang on, I got to find it. Where is the it? I think it's toward emoji. the right. They like the shit emoji. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, guys. I like the palm tree emoji and the black heart. The palm tree emoji and the black heart slap. Those are good ones. Those are probably like top 10. For me. Island baby. That's right. VA <laughs> baby. Is that the code for? I'm Canadian. VA? Yeah. Yeah. Code. Is that what you call it? The VA. State? Okay. It's a good scene. Uh, I love it. Virginia's for lovers. That's all. That's the bumper sticker of the <laughs> state. Uh, my parents fell in love there. They tried to move back there actually, but they decided to retire here in the south. Aww. It would have been cool for them to go back up there and yeah, rekindle yeah, there. and it's hot, right? Or does it get cold there? It actually has both both temperatures okay. for the seasons. Down here, it's so mixed. Like yeah. uh, just three days ago, it was very hot. That's and what I heard. In between two very cold days, and it's that's just Atlanta for you. It was. It's so cold today. <laughs> But I, I see that there's a like a cold front, like three. Oh, uh, I saw this article. This headline was ridiculous. It had this graphic of like the entire United States and all the states were blue, and it was like a a, 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 a cold weather front is about to just hit the United States and break like up to 300 records. It's about to get so cold, colder than it's ever been. And uh, oh, shit. I'm just over here like with my space heater, like fuck. <laughs> yeah, I'd be doing the same thing. But I can only imagine. I, I do still think that there's a chapter of my life that takes place in Los Angeles, and I can't wait to actually like get out there and just be like, okay, it makes sense for me to be out here. Yeah, um, for sure. But I've definitely seen that people can go out there and be Californicated. You know, they come back saying hella a lot. Yeah. And I'm like, what the? Guilty as charged. <laughs> hella and dude, I can be like romantically involved with you, and I'd be like, yeah, dude. So, <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, I don't know. I just rubbed she off. She called me dude, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It does rub off, rub off on you. Like, just like, like when I first moved there, I didn't, I didn't love it. Like, cause there's no seasons. Mm. Cause I like thrive off seasons, but then like, I'm kind of getting used to it. I live, I live like near Venice beach. So it's like a vibe, you know, I'm not in the city. I'm not downtown LA. Okay. I'm not Hollywood. And when I need to go do work, you know, at the studio, Half the time I'm even in Venice making beats at a little, you know, at a studio there. But like, 
when I'm working with rappers and vocalists, I got to go into the city and I do my work and then I go back home to the beach. It's pretty chill. Mm-hmm. It's not as bad as like sometimes I make it out to be. It's just work. Yeah. Self-motivation. Yeah. Sometimes you got to be like, oh. Yeah. California is dope. Like, I like LA a lot. Um, it's just the main thing that's annoying to me is like the seasons. Really? They're not there. It's just. I like fall. I like leaves changing. I like seeing things change right before my eyes. Fashion. Nature. Right? Fall uh, fashion, winter fashion. Yeah, the fashion in LA is not fire. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Get wrecked, LA. I love New York fashion and European fashion. Yeah. A lot. New York's slaps. Atlanta has some great fashion, too. Yeah, it's coming along. It's coming along. Actually, this is, like, one of the fastest-growing places for people our age in the country. No way. And it's actually, it just just passed India and China. What? For the number one global filming location. Like, all the Hollywood movies are being made here now. And that's actually partly why I'm here, because I'm in the, you know, movie industry. You're in your hub, then. And it's just so random that, like... I was like thinking that I was about to have to close shop and right. go out to LA. Mm-hmm. And now everybody that I know from LA, like all my YouTuber friends are like coming out here. And I'm just like, guys, this is Atlanta. This is not what you think. There's, it's, you know, yeah. it's fucking Atlanta. Like if you don't have a car, yeah. don't even bother. Yeah. You know? yeah. Everything is so far away from each other in yeah. Atlanta. So having a car, definitely essential. Is it, so why do you think they're coming to Atlanta? Is it cheaper? Or is it nicer or bigger? So better? I will say that, you know, uh, the price for some of the, some, the, like the land out here it, it, and then there's like tax incentives like you can get a tax break o- over if your budget for your production is over a certain amount oh, wow. okay. uh, a huge thing happened recently a few years ago it's like prop blank y'all know what i'm talking about that stupid prop in north carolina that the governor decided not to pass mm-hmm. and it basically allowed it was like a it was like the tax incentive law that would have enabled all these content creators and movie studios in North Carolina to have the kind of tax breaks that are here in Georgia, but he didn't, he didn't pass it. So everybody closed their shop in North Carolina and came down here to Georgia. Wow. And like when Marvel started shooting all the Marvel movies, they, that figure, that single figure that like we, we just hit like the uh, $14 billion income from the film industry. Like there's all these jobs here that weren't here before. That's great. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's really cool because like even in this place right now, there's like a prop house over there. They're making like uh, puppets. I know this one guy makes eyeballs like for the puppets. Like his job is just to make the eyeballs. <laughs> I was over there like interviewing him the other day. I was like, wow. Cause he, I mean, it is like the most detailed PBS ass creation of, of some eyeballs. Yeah. It was yeah. pretty cool. So like Atlanta's just a hub right now for mm-hmm. if you're going to be in the entertainment industry. So That's good to know. Music I love film. Atlanta. I love that. Most of the, you know, like you can go on location, but a lot of the stuff down here has kind of been done before. Right. Okay. So I see a lot of artists going elsewhere to shoot their music videos that are like Atlanta based. Right. Right. If, okay. If you're not going to get a soundstage and build a set or anything crazy like that, then yeah, it might be better going somewhere else to shoot right. your video. But uh, yeah, it's definitely, it's been wild over the past decade to just see Atlanta evolve into this this hub for this kind of activity so i don't know i hopefully won't be going anywhere soon yeah doesn't sound like it with all the things booming right now here for mo- for video movies you excited about the show on saturday i'm super excited yeah, yeah. i love atlanta their energy is like they're very open to music Do you, all it, kinds it's like your trap superpowers just start activating the moment you get off the plane you're like oh my god no it's all my favorite shit whip it up yeah (laughs) this is exactly what happens when i get off the plane (sighs) i just start shaking and i hold my bowl 
and shit starts happening. You just start rolling blunts yeah. back to back. Like, oh my God. Literally. I didn't even know I could roll a blunt. You get a blunt and you get a blunt. <laughs> I just, the whole audience gets blunts. I don't even have to play music. We're good. What do you say we get out of here and get some coffee? I'm so down. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Uh, but before we get out of here, just because we got the eyes and the ears mm-hmm. of everybody that you know and love listening in. Yes. Let these folks know something. Um, I appreciate you guys and I love you guys. And now I'm blushing. <laughs> <laughs> I've been fine the whole interview, and I'm like, okay, so. Um, it's whipped cream on Instagram, y'all. Go follow the girl. <laughs> yeah, follow me. <laughs> <laughs> Heck Thank yeah. you for oh, this. No problem. That's it's awesome. Uh, it's Ben Scarborough and Whipped Cream chilling here at Third Eye Collective in the secret room, and uh, we'll catch you guys on the next one. Yeah, yeah. Peace out. Peace out.